0: said, well, I'm moving to Hillsboro, you're welcome to come with me, so looks like we'll be moving up this way. I Only, she trusted And I hopped in my car and I headed down towards the L.A. courthouse. About halfway there, I thought I better call my wife. <laughs> so I, I gave her a call. I said, um, "Becky, we're going to have another child." And she's like, I'm, I'm, "Two's enough." I thought we had this conversation. And then, you know, I explained it to her, and she says, "Okay, absolutely, absolutely." And I will listen, I'll never forget when I got to that courthouse, and it was just big long staircase going up the uh, uh, cement stairs and you get up there and it's all glass in the front. The whole front of the building's glass. And I could see Lori inside and she's in handcuffs crying. And Miranda's by standing by her and I walk in and Miranda's just adorable. Big brown eyes puddled with tears. And I got down, you know, on her level and I said, Miranda, your mom has done something wrong. And she's going to have to go away for a while. But I'm going to be a family to you. And I have a wife and I have a son, Zachary. He's your age, five years old. And we're going to take you in and we're going to love you and care for you like you're our own child. And so Miranda got in the car and came home with us that day. And Now, a long story short, Lori was let off, uh, by, I think by God's grace, on a technicality. And about a month later, she was able to be reunited uh, with her daughter, Miranda. And she started coming to our church, and we started telling her about Jesus, and how much Jesus loves her, and that Jesus died for her. And she was baptized into Jesus Christ. She became a Christian. She actually ended up uh, starting a rehabilitation program with the help of the church herself. But you know how when you first become Christians, if you can remember that Sometimes, you know, new Christians, they come up out of the water of baptism and they are just fired up, right? They're so excited that their sins have been forgiven. And so they just want to tell people about Jesus Christ. And that was the case with Lori. And so she's like, John, I want to introduce you to my friends, all my friends. The challenge was all their friends were drug addicts. So I said, okay, Lori, let's go. So we started going to AA meetings and NA meetings and... Meeting her different friends and family, and within one year, one year, we baptized twenty-five recovering addicts into Jesus Christ. And if you can imagine, we've got a church now of twenty-five born and raised church Christers worshiping with twenty-five recovering addicts. Church was fascinating to say the least. I remember, you know, they they get up. We train them to do communion. I just need Lord Jesus protect their mouth today, because I never knew what bomb they were gonna drop from the communion table. Um, we had all different types of folks that, that came from all different backgrounds. I mean, most of them, like Jerry Beasley, Jerry Beasley, did time in a cell next to Charles Manson, one of the notorious uh, killers. He'd tell me stories about that, but he was this big guy, tattoos everywhere. I remember Shirley Halpern, and she had tattoos, too, and when she'd blink, you'd see I love you across her, you know, eyelids, and, um, you know, you know who I was most proud of at Hilltop? I was most proud of our seniors, especially our elderly ladies. They would sit down next to Jerry, tattoos everywhere, long hair, they'd pat him on the back. We love you, Jerry. It's going to be okay. Jesus loves you. And the church was thriving. The church is growing 25 to 50. And the people coming in are being loved. And they're being welcomed. And they're being brought into relationship with Jesus Christ. And and the church is just alive. And you you can just feel God's spirit moving powerfully. Again, these people, you know, I mean, they had like piercings everywhere. You know, piercings in their eyebrows, piercings in their cheek, and rings in their ears. And um, half of them looked like they fell down a flight of stairs with an open tackle box. That's how, I mean, like lures hanging from their ears. But they were being loved, and they were being welcomed. And they knew that we were authentically caring for them. And Jesus' name is being proclaimed all because of one word, one attribute of God. Welcome. God does powerful things. When a church says we are going to welcome people, and the church will grow like never before. God's going to add to the number. And we our mission became this. Accepting people, listen, accepting people where they are while helping each other accept where God wants us to be. That's it. We're going to accept you wherever you are. In your sin, in your brokenness, in, in our messed up lives because God accepted us. And, and that that uh, mission of accepting people where they are while helping each other accept where God wants us to be is rooted in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And that's the story of, of the woman who was caught in adultery. Now, do you remember that story, the woman that was caught? The Bible says... That she was caught in the act of adultery. And if you've read that story, you know in John chapter 8, she is simply a pawn in a ploy to trap Jesus. And it's almost as if they're like waiting or looking through the windows for for this woman to to be in the act of adultery. And then they barge in. You don't hear anything about the man, which makes me think perhaps he was a part of the, the plan to trap Jesus. Can you imagine that though? I mean, it's hard to imagine. If you're a woman, you're being dragged out half naked. You, you could be put to death because of this. You know, that your heart is pounding in the sweat, and you're, you, you don't know if you're going to die. That's this woman, and she's dragged to the feet. Of, she's thrown at the feet of Jesus, and a, a, a crowd is gathered around, and they're all holding stones to, to stone her, and she's laying there. And then they say, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone such a woman. What do you say, Jesus? And they think they've got him right. Because, you know, if, if, if they, he says, go ahead and stone her, then he's just, you know, just this harsh and loving person. If he says, let her off the hook, then he's not obeying the laws. And so they think they've got him. And so what does Jesus say? Remember? Nothing. What Jesus does is he, actually, the, the text says he stoops down and draws in the sand. And we don't know what he draws, you know. Maybe he just is, is buying time, letting everything kind of simmer down. Maybe some people say he starts with a sin list, you know, just real quickly, you know, and people are, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. But, but the text says that eventually, the oldest ones first begin to leave and so if you're this woman that's laying there in fear that you're going to be killed you start to hear these stones dropping but you don't feel them being thrown at you you hear them being dropped as people disperse and pretty soon everybody goes away and jesus is left alone with this woman and then he says to her woman where are they has anyone condemned you She said, no one, sir, no one, sir. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. He accepts her right where she is. Neither do I condemn you. That's what Jesus says. Neither do I condemn you. That's what Jesus says to you this morning. Neither do I condemn you. That's what we as a church need to say to everyone that comes. Neither do I condemn you in a world that is full of condemnation and judgment. Neither do I condemn you. But he loves her too much to leave her there, right? He accepts her where she is, but he loves her too much to leave her there. And so he says, go and leave your life of sin. He accepts her where she is helps her accept where God wants her to be. Jesus stooped down. You know, Jesus wasn't afraid to get dirty. Jesus wasn't afraid to get down on her level. And if anybody should have been kneeling, it should have been everybody else that is in the presence of the holy, righteous, perfect Son of God, God in the flesh. If anybody should have kneeled, it should have been them. But Jesus is the one who stoops down. And after... Um, I, I remember preaching this, this, this lesson, um, accepting people where they are, helping each other accept where God wants us to be. And after preaching that, I, I just remember, listen, if we're going to accept, by the way, if we're going to accept people where they are, where are they? They're not in church. People aren't thriving. If you haven't noticed, people aren't flocking to churches anymore. So if we're going to accept people where they are, we've got to go out to them. The church has got to go out. We've got to replace our come structures with go structures as a church. And so I preached that and I said, all right, got to go out church. we got to accept people out there because, listen, it's really hard to be welcoming on Sunday mornings if you're not welcoming during the week. If you don't live a, a welcoming life every day, if you don't have that attribute, it's going to be real hard to be welcoming on Sunday morning. So church, let's go out. And I preached it, and then, you know, I, I said to myself on Monday morning, all right, John, you preach this. How are you going to live this out? Because I like to try to practice what I preach. How am I going to go out? And so on Fridays, I would go golfing, but I'd go golfing with the elders or maybe a couple of the deacons. Every Friday was, was, was our golf time. So I said, all right, this Friday, I'm going to go out, and I'm gonna, just going to go by myself, and I'm going to show up at the golf course and just see what God does. So I told the elders, hey, I'm going by myself today. So I went out, I got to the golf course, I paid my fee at the starter. But before I got out of my car, I put my hands on the steering wheel as soon as I got there. And I said, dear God, could you lead me to someone today? Father, could you just bring someone into my life that I could just let the light of Christ shine and just show them that I love them? and just encourage them, Lord. And then I said, in Jesus' name, amen. Said that short little prayer. Got out of my car, got my clubs, went up, I paid the fee. The starter says, who are you golfing with today? I said, no one. I said, "Just can you just pair me up with some folks and I'll go out with them? He said, absolutely. There's a, there's, there's a group going off the tee right now. You can go join them. So I took my clubs. I'm walking up to the golf tee. As so I'm walking up, this big, like rough, tough, angry-looking man starts coming at me, and he says, are you golfing with us today? I said, yes, sir. And he says, are you walking or are you riding? I said, well, I'm going to walk. He says, no, you're not. Get your blankety-blank clubs in my cart. You're going to ride with me today. Okay. <laughs> so we tee off on the first hole. He hits a ball. It's like this shank off into the weeds, and he just starts cussing up a storm. I mean, throwing his clubs, you know. Then he gets into the, the cart, and, and right about now, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, <laughs> I know what you're up to. Um, we, we go down the very first hole, and he um, starts smoking a joint, and he's like, hey, you want to hit and, I, and I'm like, um, no, I'm not, I didn't know what to say, not today, you know, so... Um, but, I mean, he is smoking, and he is just cussing, and he is just broken, and, and I'm just going to fast forward, all right? It, basically, the whole entire game was like that, and I'm just trying to let my light shine and love him. We get to the last hole, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, we're all done. And as we walking up to putt, he says, hey, you're my new blanket, blanket friend. Let's golf next week. And I'm like, okay, Greg, his name is Greg here." And, uh, but this time I go back and I call the elders. I'm like, I need reinforcements, guys. <laughs> You're going with me. <laughs> so they said, okay, John. So Russ and Wyatt um, and, and Greg and I, the next Friday, we're going golfing. And we go down the first hole. Everything's great. We're on the second hole. And he asked me the question. Now, what question does he ask? What do you do, right? What do you do for a living? I said, Well. A minister I've never seen this reaction before he starts shaking oh, he falls out of the golf cart onto the ground he's like I was smoking pot Oh! You know? he gets back in and it is dead silence for the rest of that hole we tee off on the third hole we start going down and he says this he says John my mom died in my arms when I was five years old of a drug overdose. And I swore that if there was a God, I would live in rebellion to him my entire life. I would hate him and live in rebellion to him, and I have. About a month ago, I was arrested again for a DUI, and they forced me to go into. program. And in the program, they're, they're talking about this higher power. And last Friday, when I was in the shower, I broke down and I cried out to God. And I said, God, if you exist, if you are there, Lord, could you lead me into someone's life today? Now, do you see what happened? The very time he is praying for God to lead someone into his life. I am praying, Lord, lead someone into my life that I can share about Jesus. It's very, very same time. See, it's like God was just orchestrating this. You know, I believe that, by the way. I believe God is orchestrating these divine appointments. And if we are just alert, if we're just awake, if we're just aware enough, we will see what God is doing we will welcome people, pray for people, and walk and rub shoulders with people that don't know Jesus. God's just going to do these amazing things. And so so Greg comes to our church that Sunday, and, and he shows up, he 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 gets out of his car and just starts smoking, I don't know if it's cigarette or pot, but he gets out he starts smoking, I see him, he's, he's there early, he pulls into the parking lot, it's like your parking lot out here, he pulls in, and he gets back in his car, puts his hands on his steering wheel, and... Doing this I think he's gonna leave and then he gets out starts smoking again, smoking gets back in his car he's scared to death. Finally I grabbed someone from the guest relations team. I grabbed Francis I said "Frances, will you go welcome Greg she says, sure she goes out come on in come on in worship with us. He literally thought that he would get struck by lightning. He believed that because of how he'd lived in rebellion to God. He sat in the back row, not the very last row, but like the second to, to last row, about where you are back there. Second song in, he hadn't cried in 30 years, and he just starts sobbing, and Frances again puts, puts her arm around him, it's okay, God loves you, you're welcome in this place. Fast forward after church, we study, we pray together, Greg's baptized in Jesus Christ, his roommate's baptized into Jesus Christ. His roommate's son is baptized into Jesus Christ. And it's happening again. God is moving. The church is growing. A church of 11 goes to a church of 22. A church of 22 grows to a church of 50. A church of 50 grows to a church of 100. A church of 100 grows to a church of 300. And it is just thriving and alive because of one attribute. Welcome. You are welcome in this place. If you as a church, and I know this is important to your leadership, if you will take on this attribute of welcoming all people, all people, I mean all people, it doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter their their sexual orientation. It doesn't matter if they're greedy. It doesn't matter if they're prideful. You are going to welcome them because God welcomed you. When you were a sinner. And then together, you're going to accept and welcome where God wants you to be, right? That's what God has done for us. That's what Jesus left heaven. He left the comfort of heaven by his Father's side and the perfection of heaven. And he came down and he travels a birth canal and he is born into this sinful world. And he goes to a cross 33 years later and he dies on a cross and sheds his blood so that you can be welcomed into a relationship with a holy, perfect God. That's what Jesus has done for you. And, and just like we read with the ministry of reconciliation, that's what he calls us to do. And this town, the neighbors around you, the people in the marketplace, all that you see, they are desperate for Jesus Christ and they don't even know it. And they need to find a church that they could just come to and not be judged. Okay, God's going God's to do that. His word's going to sharpen and take care of that. They need to be welcome, and then they just need to join a journey with you trying to become who God wants you to become. And if you have that vision, which I know you do, it's going to be unbelievable what God's going to do in this world. Welcome. Welcome to the family. When you think about being welcome to a family, what comes to mind? You get the good, the bad, the ugly with family, right? Because they're your family. So you got it all. And welcome to the banquet table. And for us, that's the table of Jesus Christ, right? Where we remember his broken body and his blood that was shed for us on a cross. Welcome to the table. Now, there's a, a movie called Antoine Fisher. Has anybody seen Antoine Fisher? It's a true story. Just Chris and I were the only ones. Okay, here's one over here. You got to rent this movie and watch it. Um Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors, uh, stars in this. Denzel is the superior officer to Antoine Fisher. Again, it is a true story. And Antoine Fisher, um, his his mom was a drug addict. His dad was out of the picture, and he was put in foster homes. And while he was in foster homes, he was horribly abused. It was a home to home. He was emotionally abused. He was sexually abused. He was abused in all these ways, and just a horrible upbringing. So to try to escape, he joins the Navy, and when he gets to the Navy, that's where Denzel Washington is like the superior officer, and he he gets a girlfriend, he's starting to get his life together, and they encourage him to go out and find his family. Go find your family, your real family. He finds his mom, she's still a mess, and so, you know, they... uh, wouldn't be healthy for him to be around her but at the towards the end of the movie there's a scene where he actually meets his family for the first time and I want to play that clip and then I'll close with just a couple words watch this one. Dad named me after your father. (laughs) This is my brother Rice. Right. Come on, all right that's that's the picture that i hope each of you can that Jesus' arms are just like that grandma's, are, are open. And he's saying, welcome to God's family. Not just any family. Welcome to God's family. If you're not a Christian this morning, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, first of all, this is a welcoming church. But most importantly, God is a welcoming God. And I don't know what your view of God is. But God loves you so much he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. And so Jesus, his hands took the nails. His hands took the nails that we deserve because of our sin, right? And he loves you that much. And his arms are open and he says, come to me all who are weak and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. His arms are always open. Take that step and come. And then the feast is ready. All things are ready. Come to the feast. It's this heavenly feast with your family here. And I don't want to close without inviting you uh, just a couple things. One, if you're already a Christian, I want to just encourage you to recommit your heart this morning to this God that loves you so much. Today's a, a perfect day. It's, uh, well, we're almost in February, but the start of the year, it's like this church, you've got family that's going to surround you. You are not alone on your journey. We were created for community, right? We're created for this family. So I want you to commit to this church, commit to God of being a welcoming people. But most importantly, if you have never Put your trust in Jesus. If you have not been baptized into Jesus Christ, this morning the family welcomes you. The family's saying, "Come!" And so I want to encourage you. Chris and the elders want to encourage you. In fact, Chris, do you mind just coming on down and, and uh, maybe we could have an elder or two uh, just come. If, if you could, if you, hey, you're, because your family, if you want prayer, you don't have to be embarrassed. Just come down. Let us pray with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to join this family, the family of God, the greatest family that's ever been in creation, you can do that this morning. Today's the day. Why not? His arms are open, and then he's going to journey with you. The church is going to journey with you to become who God wants you to become. So we're going to sing a song at this time. And why don't we all stand? And if you would like to come for prayer, any reason at all,